Welcome to the Workday Pecan Employee Voice Podcast. With the help of organizational psychologists, data scientists, and other special guests, we'll be exploring the latest insights from our database of over 200 million employee survey responses. You'll also learn about the theory behind employee engagement and real-world strategies that you can use to improve the employee experience within your own organization. Today, I'm talking with Dr. George Margrove, Senior Principal Psychologist for Workday Peak on Employee Voice. George and I are going to discuss some of the key findings from our recently released State of Engagement report. The report is based on an analysis of employee survey data submitted by nearly 2.5 million employees across 1,500 companies throughout 2021. We'll be looking at how the events of 2021 impacted engagement scores across different industries, including pharmaceuticals, healthcare, transportation, and many more. We'll also be taking a deep dive into various aspects of the employee experience that organizations will need to focus on for the remainder of 2022. George, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Nice to be here. No problem at all. Before we get started, would you mind telling us a bit about yourself and what you do at Workday? Yes, certainly. So I'm a senior principal psychologist, so I work within the product team. And my role really is to support quite a few different aspects of things like product development and design, sales support from a scientific psychology point of view. So I do a lot of work on research and development and using the science and psychology that goes behind the products. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to use that today on the podcast. Amazing. Looking forward to it. So today we're going to be talking about the State of Engagement Report, which looks at how employee engagement scores change throughout 2021 across different industries. You've already had a look at the report. And first question would be, were there any changes that stood out to you more than others when you first looked at the report? Yes, yeah, so there were really a number of pretty fascinating trends that took place across, you know, across the data from, from the period that we're looking at. And firstly, the overall changes across industry for overall engagement are very interesting. So if we look at the, the, the 17 industries that are represented, there have been some really big shifts over the past 12 months, you know, from that period sort of deep in the pandemic to, to the later period of starting to, to emerge from the pandemic. And this, this shift has had really differential impact across the different industries in some ways which you might think are predictable and some ways actually that are you know, pretty unpredictable. So if we look at sort of the overall trends, so there's a couple of sort of really big movers where we've seen a drop. So those are pharmaceuticals, biotechnology and life sciences as one sector and healthcare as another and you know, transportation as another. So if we look at pharmaceuticals, biotechnology and life sciences, we can see the largest overall ranking drop uh, across all the industries. So this this sector went from first place in Q1 to sixth place in Q3. And this was the largest drop in overall engagement down 0.23 points, which is quite significant. Also, we look, if we look at healthcare, which you know it, it is working in sort of a similar space, we can see there's a four point drop in ranking. Um, and in fact, a decline of 0.16. So that goes from fourth place to eighth place. And, you know, again, quite quite a large decline of 0.16. So if we think about, you know, potentially why this may have happened. Clearly, both of these sectors are heavily involved and impacted by the pandemic in various ways, some of which might seem obvious, some of which, uh, you know, are very complicated and, and maybe a bit harder to grasp. But 
you know, potentially as the pandemic continued there, you know, there would have been mounting pressure on these industries in various ways in terms of workers, in terms of manufacturing, even as some of these countries are beginning to emerge from the worst steps of the pandemic. But there might have also been a sort of a lagging effect on the engagement and many of the drivers. The ongoing impact of the pandemic really kind of grinds on and starts to affect people over the longer term. So although obviously there's the, you know, the widespread adoption of, of vaccines and the impact of this obviously is going to be positive and perhaps you know, may have mitigated some of these negative impacts on these sectors. Again, these, these changes will take time to embed as well. And in particular, if we look at healthcare, there's actually going to be a different type of pressure on services as we start to, to leave the pandemic because of the backlogs and the waiting lists that were caused by people who needed treatment that they didn't get that was put off through the pandemic. I think as we go on in, in the conversation, this is going to be interesting to dive into more deeply. Another really interesting sector that we look at is, is transportation. So transportation was one of the lower ranking industries uh, across the sectors to begin with. And this dropped four places from 11th to 16th out of 17. In addition to this, in terms of the score change for engagement, it actually had the largest overall drop of 0.29 points overall, which was actually larger than, than pharmaceuticals, which was 0.23. So clearly there's something really, really significant that was happening within this sector. And obviously, there, you know, this is a broad sector. There's different industries involved within transportation. There's been really ongoing damage to this sector over time. So, for example, less people using, uh, you know, traveling, less uh, freight, less tourism, potential layoffs, uncertainty around future work security. All these things are, are going to have uh, an impact. There was a lot of shutdown in different aspects of sector all around the world, you know, people not traveling, potential health concerns, public transport, and also potentially upticks in workload as well. Freight, truck drivers, train travel uh, due to the impact on manufacturing. So lots and lots of upheaval within this sector. So it's really, really understandable as to why um, this sector has been so heavily impacted and interested to see it was damaged even more than you know the healthcare and pharma industries, which was potentially more obvious obviously uh, impacted by the pandemic. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how these engagement scores are mirroring what was happening in the real world. And while a lot of this might seem intuitive, it's great that we can quantify these numbers and really get a sense of what that means for people working in these sectors so that organizations know that there are things they can address or what needs to be addressed. And we can dig into some of those areas in a minute. Before we dive a bit deeper into the individual engagement drivers. Are there any other areas that you wanted to call out or any other particular sectors, maybe those that weren't on the front line? Yeah, definitely. So it's a really good point. And in fact, if we can look at some of the other industries for a moment, some of them actually seem to have you know, virtually no change at all as a result of the pandemic in terms of, of engagement scores. So uh, these sectors that were really largely unaffected include software and services, technology, media, and also surprisingly, um, energy and utilities as well. So um, all of these really just showed, you know, no significant change. And I, I think potentially, unlike those other sectors, there may perhaps have been less of an impact on maybe working conditions or people's job roles didn't really change. I mean, some of those um, industries, particularly, say, software or things involving technology or, you know, working with computers or office workers, perhaps there was more of the ability to work from home. 
Uh, so perhaps this didn't have as much a, a, of an upheaval on people's individual lives. Perhaps there was more security in those sectors, perhaps less layoffs, because unlike, say, transportation, those industries weren't damaged so much. And uh, potentially even with media, that sector may have even have benefited from the pandemic because of more people staying home, more consumption of online content, more people watching movies and TVs, things like that. So you can see potentially how maybe there was even a sort of a, a counter effect there. Critical services like energy and utilities also as well, because those were fundamental and, and crucial to how economies work, potentially those were less disrupted or less damaged. So basically people were still going into work as normal within energy and utilities, perhaps. Obviously, with the restrictions and mask wearing and sanitary procedures, and etc. being in place, but potentially those were you know less uh, impacted. And then also a couple of sort of final points that uh, were interesting. There were actually industries that buck the trend. So if you look at capital goods, which effectively is around production of materials that are used later on in manufacturing, so kind of raw materials, and then manufacturing itself, which obviously is a related industry, those actually increased in engagement score over the pandemic. So capital goods increased from 14th to 11th place in the ranking and went up by 0.17. And manufacturing went from 15th to 14th in the ranking, went up by 0.14. So this is really interesting. And it might not be immediately obvious why this may, you know, may have happened. And, you know, we can speculate, but, you know, perhaps um, as vaccines production began to ramp up, Maybe more people returning to the workplace. There was, you know, increased production, more job security, or also maybe benefits of the social aspects of work. So being in work and being around colleagues and working together is something that is has a number of benefits. Working together with colleagues, that was perhaps more of an impact. And I think probably a deeper dive into these is going to be worthwhile as we, you know, move later into the discussion and look at the uh, particular industries. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in many ways, they seem one step removed compared to healthcare or transportation, for example, there's still that risk, but maybe there are more measures that organizations could put in place to safeguard their employees, as opposed to those that just had to really step up and deal with the worst of it. So all really interesting points. Thank you, George. So moving on from the overall engagement scores, let's now take a look at the performance of different engagement drivers within each sector. So I'd be really interested to hear if these shed any additional light on some of those trends and patterns that you've just been describing. So going a level deeper, are there any particular drivers that stood out to you within particular sectors or overall trends across the different sectors? I'd love to hear your perspective. Yes, definitely. So uh, let's do that. And, and you're right, there are some really interesting observations to be had when we start to look at the drivers. Uh, and obviously, those are related to engagement score. So we're sort of seeing some similar negative impacts um, that we'd expect to see across some of those sectors more deeply in drivers, but also some things which are slight contradictions, which are very interesting, I think, which we'll, we'll come on to as well. So if we look at, you know, healthcare, which, as we already discussed, was kind of one of the sort of the big movers, you know, there was a negative impacts. Uh, for healthcare over this period, we're seeing really significant drops within workload. This is something that's been heavily impacted. So people feel that their workload is higher, potentially less manageable. And again, you can imagine why that may take place over the course of the pandemic, even if things are potentially starting to improve, still that kind of long-term overwork could really start to impact people over the long term. And also just the pressure 
of caused by the excess mortality caused by the pandemic would really have an impact on people. So that's you know, that's one thing, and that really makes a lot of sense. Also, if we look at strategy, so this is around the employee's understanding of the strategy of where the organization is going. I think this is very interesting because perhaps if we if we think about this in a sort of a slightly um, a different way, during the sort of depths of the pandemic, strategy was very clear. It was about managing the pandemic. This was the immediate thing that everybody was facing. You know, this was the number one issue. And in fact, as I as I mentioned before, lots of sort of typical, more routine healthcare activities and procedures and uh, and operations and things were just put off. As we're starting to emerge from the pandemic, there's been a little bit of a vacuum in terms of what's next, what's the big ticket thing that people are focusing on now as we start to emerge from the pandemic. And perhaps the healthcare industry has less focus on what was going to happen next. If we look as well at you know, pharmaceuticals, again, you know, we talked about why that's uh, been really, really similar to healthcare. And in fact, within pharmaceuticals, there's even more significant drops all across a large number of drivers. So this has been a really, really heavily impacted um, industry, not just in engagement, but actually in a large number of drivers as well. And every driver declined in score, uh, some of them slightly, but some of them very significantly. Workload was the number one largest drop, minus 0.32, which is a really large drop. Uh, we also see significant drops in strategy, autonomy, and organizational fit. And again, I think the answers to why this may have happened are potentially quite clear. Pharma companies being so central to the pandemic response, they're always likely to be really significant uh, impacts in people's experiences and, and sentiments around work. So for strategy like healthcare, perhaps that really strong focus on vaccines, there was a lot of very clear strategy within that industry. And then as we're starting to, you know, to emerge into a sort of post-vaccine stage, perhaps there were, again, there was this sort of vacuum of strategy. Again, workload, this huge drop, there's potentially many reasons. In manufacturing, there's still a key focus on, on vaccines, emerging markets, the demand remains, remains very high, production is still high countries building up stockpiles, so still lots and lots of workload uh, taking place within pharmaceuticals, potentially new vaccine development as well to cover different variants, lots of research, R&D, and so on, and also potentially work on new vaccines or new or, or research that was put off as a result of the pandemic, priorities that are coming back into play. So hopefully these will improve as we move further out of the pandemic into this sort of new, new, new COVID world. So the other one that I really wanted to touch on is transportation. So clearly this has been hugely impacted over the pandemic period. So some really major drops within the, the driver scores, so workload, strategy, reward, support from managers, the biggest fallers, along with peer relationships, recognition and freedom of opinions. And in fact, just looking at some of these, so strategy was a 0.47 reductions. So I think that's one of the biggest fallers overall across all of the drivers and all of the industries. So really, really large impact there. And as, as we touched on before, I think transportation was one of those sectors really heavily impacted by the pandemic. Um, lots of people not traveling, holidays disrupted, cancelled, people avoiding public transport due to fears around the pandemic. Some of us may have had the experience of, of traveling by train or bus and being the only person on the service. That happened to me a couple of times. So, you know, really uh, major disruptions. And these have really negatively impacted these industries. And we're seeing that now with air travel, in fact, where 
people who were laid off during the pandemic. Now they don't have enough staff and they haven't been able to hire enough staff. It's now causing you know, major delays in airports, cancelled flights, lost bags and so on. So you know, even now that's still happening. So I suspect as we look at the data through 2022, we're going to see that and it's going to take quite a long time for that to recover. Reduced numbers of customers as well, job uncertainty, separation from colleagues, pay cuts actually in some industries. So train drivers in the UK, for example, um, had their pay cut over this period. So that's going to have impacted this industry as well. So lot, lots of major impacts. Again, as we discussed before, logistics and freight are going to have been affected as well, although probably not as much as, as commercial travel. So this, I think, is going to continue for some time. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this changes as, as we move forward. Yes, definitely. It sounds like a lot of those things are going to continue to have a ripple effect, especially through the industries that you just discussed over the next year or potentially longer. So as you mentioned, it would be interesting to see where that goes. So up until now, we've we've mainly talked about the industries that have been most directly impacted by the pandemic, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, transportation. But while those are the most obvious ones to focus on, because the, the data mirrors that situation quite clearly, it'd be great to dive into some of the, the industries that maybe bucked the trends, the ones that were able to improve engagement scores or hold a steady ground while a lot of others were kind of going into negative territory. So if you could tell us a little bit about some of those industries and some of the patterns you have observed, that would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. As you say, as, as we hinted at before, in addition to the increases or stabilization of engagement scores, we saw some really interesting observations within within the driver scores over this period. You know, with some having some really surprising gains, which perhaps we might not might not have expected. So, uh, capital goods, as we mentioned before, a number of really significant driver score increases with you know minimal or no decreases across all the drivers. We saw this as well with finance, software and services, uh, technology, with some really major increases across a, you know numerous different driver scores across the board, as well as moderate increases for drivers in uh, commercial and professional services and media. And um, you know because there's sort of so many improvements across all the individual drivers, I'm not going to go into sort of the detail of these, but I'd like just to sort of briefly discuss what these industries have in common why this may have happened and, and what the implications of this are. So a lot of these industries are office-based, technology-based, based on computers, and a general improvement of driver scores uh, you know, all across. Although often in some of these industries, there were increases in driver scores, but not necessarily as big in increases in engagement. I don't know what the reason for that might be, but that's something I think we could probably look into in more detail in the future. But certainly environment, freedom and autonomy and reward were increasing in a number of cases. So perhaps this was reflecting an increase in more positive economic outlook uh, over the course of the pandemic for, for these industries. We're starting to come out from the pandemic, but also maintaining strength or even increasing profits, particularly in you know, media, as we discussed, and also perhaps a generally better ability for people to work from home. So over the period, people have got used to not working with colleagues, more accustomed to hybrid or remote working. They've got their home offices sort of set up. Um, everything's working uh, efficiently. They're becoming used to it. That may have had a positive impact. And also in some cases over the period, some industries may have started to return to work or to return to work with increased flexibility and the benefit of being able to see colleagues, but also with a new hybrid work model 
you know, from working from home may really have had a positive impact on many people in ways that just didn't really happen prior to the pandemic, where you were just expected to be in the office most of the time. Whereas if we look at those industries really, which are based on working with customers or working on a site. So for instance, in warehousing or transport hubs or freight or even labs, in the case of pharmaceuticals, these industries, you can't really have hybrid working. If you work in, in transport, generally speaking, unless you're in sort of, you know, back office functions, you can't work from home. If you work in a lab, you can't work from home. So even that hybrid working benefit that those other industries that are more office based may have experienced, those probably weren't happening for a lot of workers in those other industries. And again, with the ongoing restrictions and economic damage and uncertainty core to those industries, you can really see why there's this sort of split between these sort of two, two broad categories of industry, you know, those where with technology and computers and working from home, and those where you're on site, having to do a job within a particular location where you know that just isn't possible. Other interesting um, observations where unlike the ones we've talked about, where there were perhaps a lot, you know, whole swathes of positive increases or negative increases, some of them actually have a big mix. So if we look at government, there are a big mix of increases and decreases. So for instance, there were big increases in autonomy, environment, meaningful work and support, but significant decreases in strategy and workload. If we look at retail, it was up on management support and relationships, but down on workload and reward. And again, you know, we can potentially speculate as to you know why this might be happening. Perhaps with retail, this is representing the increased recovery and confidence and con consumer spending that took place over the end of the year versus the beginning of the year in 2021. You know, more shops opening, shoppers returning. You know, more vaccinated members of the public, more vaccinated employees, more comfort with wearing masks and so on, and and that sector recovering. And again, you know, as as, as we mentioned already. Several sectors just remain remarkably unaffected, you know, that they, they just didn't really change. So non-profits barely changed at all. In fact, only really, you know, working environment changed and in increased significantly. And then consumer, there was a slight increase in work environment, but nothing else. So obviously, those are both very broad sectors, involve a range of employees and work types. So probably further breakdown of the different role types, if that was possible, may add more, more detail. But it's interesting to see how these sectors which kind of haven't really been affected, may change as we fully emerge from the pandemic and if they just continue to stay the same or if they increase in the ways that some others have. Earlier, you talked about the lagging effect and yeah, this data is obviously from 2021. So we have data up until the end of 2021, but with that lagging effect, as you mentioned, strategy was maybe very short term, dealing with those immediate kind of threats within the industry. But as we start to emerge in 2022 and beyond, looking at a more long-term strategy, thinking about how those lagging effects are still going to impact employees and what organizations can do. I would imagine that's going to be a very important priority for these different industries kind of throughout the year and even into next year. As you mentioned, manufacturing, there are still bottlenecks in global supply chains. There are peak periods throughout the year that have yet to come around again. So trying to keep that long-term view I would imagine is very important for these organizations and move away from that short-term approach that has now become so commonplace just because of the impacts of the pandemic. Yes, I think all of that's exactly right. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see, you know, what happens next as we look at sort of the next slice of data after this. 
but also there are obviously pressures uh, in the world now that perhaps were less severe within the pandemic, particularly around oil prices, fuel gas prices, obviously that are you know particularly acute at the moment. So potentially that's going to have a, a, an impact on certain industries, certainly manufacturing. It will be really interesting to see what happens next. Well, that's it. We'll have another instalment of the stadium engagement to come. So hopefully we can identify some of those trends as well and really dig into them. As you mentioned, it raises some really interesting questions about different job roles, the percentage of frontline workers across different industries. And these are all things we'd love to investigate at some point. But for the time being, really appreciate the points, George. Thank you. Thank you very much. To learn more about the impact the events of 2021 had on different sectors, based on survey data from nearly 2.5 million employees around the world, make sure to download the State of Engagement report using the link in the episode description below.